This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Christy Goodell, Hello. Philip Summers, Aloha. and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. And welcome back for another round of Educational Triage. This week we have the glorious Christy Goodell. <laughs> Hello. And the ever-constant Philip Summers. Aloha. I want to be glorious, too. Ah! Okay. <laughs> the glorious is Philip. <laughs> <laughs> plural for glorious is glorious it says, it says, it says, it says. <laughs> the gloriati gloriati Glorious-us. oh that sounds like illuminati glorious or the glitterati <laughs> oh uh, but i dig it tells me where your brain goes right? <laughs> <laughs> okay so this week we're going to talk about burnout because it seems to be a major 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 issue going on right now and before we do, did you know that in Florida, which has the largest teachers union, it just came out, I think, today or yesterday. I saw it on Teachers Pay Teachers Network, and then I saw it um, posted in a number of other areas. In Florida alone, they have 9,000 teacher vacancies. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. I guess the first question is, out. Like, what's their total? I mean, 9,000 is huge, right? But 9,000 is huge. But yeah, but in one county, um, in one district, there's 400 vacancies. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. If we take a look, and Teachers Pay Teachers also reported that 48% of te- current teachers are looking to change their profession and to get out. Yep. And then um, I was listening to other network reports and the number went over 50%. Um, If you go onto YouTube and other sites, you will find tons of teachers talking about why they left or why they are leaving. And a lot of these reports come from before the pandemic. Uh Oh, really? Yeah, but the pandemic actually exacerbated the situation. And made it even worse. So it's it's pretty. It's amazing that that districts and others tend to be tone deaf, and they're not looking at it. I don't know why. Yeah. And the one thing that keep in because I mean we saw the teacher shortage this year when we couldn't get substitutes. Right. Yep. 
And that was something else that exacerbated the whole situation. And yet districts are trying to groom more people for administration. And they're not looking to hire more teachers. They're looking at bringing in more administrators. And I think that's something that we really need to investigate at a later time Mm -hmm. because that has been kind of stuck in my craw for a while. They're also lowering standards um, to a degree. Um, Well, they're bringing in emergency sort of substitutes and they're having uh, um, teachers give up their prep periods to step in. That's not lowering standards, but that's also, you know, degrading the working standards. They're doing all kinds of patchwork, except they don't. For example, I'm the one of those guest teachers in one district. <laughs> they paid good thirty percent less than the other districts around them, so no one really ever subbed for them. So they were always thirty percent less, thirty three zero percent. Yeah, about that. Like, yeah. Yikes! That's yeah. not a good. But they were also hiring high school graduates. If you had a high school diploma, yeah, you could substitute in a lot of districts. Yeah, emergency. Which sex. is mind blowing. Right. I mean, they were just that's that standard lower. Desperate. Yeah. Well, that goes along with the idea that teachers are just babysitters, right? It doesn't help that mindset for sure. That's exactly it. Anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. let's go into let's go into what burnout is and how it manifests itself. Um, just to start off. So if you are burning out, then you have fatigue and sleep issues. So that means that maybe you are constantly tired. You have insomnia. You're worried. Um, During the day, you just cannot seem to get your step up. Right. And you're just constantly tired. Um, You start forgetting things. So forgetfulness and you're not able to concentrate, which also goes with fatigue. Um, You have appetite and weight issues. So if you start finding yourself getting the munchies in a sense, but not not exactly Mm -hmm. because you're not because you're imbibing, but you're constantly eating. You're constantly just, what do you call that? Emotional eating? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're doing that. So if you're gaining weight or if you're losing weight and you're not really sure what's going on, that could be a symptom. So that's something that you really want to talk to your doctor about. And if you are anxious or depressed, if you are just like, these all kind of roll into one. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know teachers um, and I know we have administrators who listen to this. Um, we have teachers who sit out in their cars waiting for just waiting until the very last minute before they have to go inside. <laughs> and some of them are actually in tears before they go in and yep. they just do not want to go in. And <laughs> yeah. it, 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 that kind of blew my mind because, um, you, th- they don't show that at all. And these are teachers and the students love them. And if you were talking to them just in passing and didn't really know them, you would have no idea. I know why. I know why they do that, how they pull that off. It's it's what feeds them. 
they don't want to go in till the last minute because they only want to deal with the kids. They don't want to mm-hmm. deal with anything but the kids. And so that's right. what you're seeing. Yeah, they're good with kids, but I think if you look closely, you'll notice that they kind of lay low when it comes to people. Like they're mm-hmm. avoiding their either admin or co-workers, other They're avoiding maybe. it all, but they thrive off the kids, their teachers, and that's what they live for. I've, I guess yeah. I'm saying that because I've been there. I've actually <laughs> cried on the way to work and sat in the car to the last minute, went in and turned it on because of and with the kids. And that's what fed me. And it just was, that's what I liked. That's what I did. And anything else was like horrible, but the kids weren't, but everything else was horrible. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring up the reason why you did that because I know what you, what happened with you, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into the specifics of it. And Christy, right. you as well. <laughs> and, and myself to us, to an extent, but mm-hmm. that was bullying. There was peer bullying and administrative bullying going on. Yeah. Right. And I, I experienced a lot of that too, but I never gave it a whole lot of credence until they got, they made it personal. So, but see, that's what I don't understand. Why, why nobody wants to bring out, because that is not listed as one of the causes of teacher burnout. Bullying? There's nothing about peer-to-peer bullying. Yeah. Teachers, teachers bullying teachers, which they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, do. Philip, you're a great example of that. Yeah, I was. And, um, and with you, it got to the point where uh, I know that my brother, God rest his soul, because um, he's passed, but he was, he was Jones in it taking on your case. Oh, really? Because, yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know. So, because there were so many illegal, illegal, illegalities? Illegalities, yep. <laughs> illegalities to what happened coming from the administration on that. Um, you could have been set for life. <laughs> I mean, oh, what please, they did to you that. was, no. was, was <laughs> just wrong. I know what, what so, I would say and, to that would be simply that I, I I think what I was relating to is, yeah, I think the overburden of all the teachers has to be, it's kind of bullying to begin with. It's that it just kind of, it's death by a thousand cuts, you know? Okay. We're going to do this this year. Yeah. Well, what about this thing? It, we're going to do that too. And then we're going to do this too. And we're going to do this too. And that's a kind of a bullying atmosphere. It's sort of like, mm-hmm. what aren't you a team player? And that's an well, that's underlying sort of, yeah, that's, well, it's also like, you know, aren't you with us? Are, are you, uh, you know, are you one of the team? What's, are you either with us or what's the alternative to that? You're against us. And I think that's well, the lack a, sort of support. Of a bullying too. Yeah, and definitely right. lack, lack of, support. of support is one of the big ones. Yeah. Oh boy, they just I, load I feel on that those are lay off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I feel those are I think two different situations, both horrible and really affect your profession, negative or you're going to 
work negatively, right? Like if you don't feel like anyone understands what you do, are you supported? And or if you are feeling bullied by other people in your building, yeah. right? Or if it's both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those yeah, are it could very well those. be both. And if you get isolated. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they went after Christy to make an example of her for the rest of her team with, with for something so petty. And they blew a mount they blew up a molehill yeah. and tried to make it so that she had to climb Everest in high heels <laughs> and make it back down again in less than five hours. So I mean it was just they just went after her. And there was no reason for it. There's no reason. So it could have been something. I mean, and the accusations and what they said, Mm. even the union found the whole thing laughable, but they were still going after her. So it was, um, it was remedied, but because I think Christy has found something much better. And I think that she's going to be in a better position where she is. And I think Philip, you are too. I think I am as well, but I didn't, I did not receive as much of the poison toxins as either of you did. And Philip, you took it on for years. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking about this going, okay. It's always been my kind of life experience that if I experienced it, I go, I wonder how many other people do. And I'm kind of wondering if I could take a a hand raise around people listening to this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kind of venturing. I think that there's probably more stories like Christie's and mine that are just people that didn't fit or they say, yeah. hey, we don't like you anymore. And somehow they kind of put the screws to them when they should be supporting them. As we said, they made it the opposite. You know, go up Everest in, in heels in record time. Mm-hmm. It's Well, that just, I think, goes to the overall feeling of, peop- you know, not understanding the current workload that teachers have to do as part of our job right now. And that it's overwhelming and unattainable to be able to do everything perfectly all the time. And so rather than say, how can we help you? Or, Hey, have you been trained properly? Or, Hey, we have short staff and kind of give some um, recognition to that when they just hyper-focus on one teeny tiny area and that has to then represent your entire, what a, being a teacher is, then that, mm-hmm. then, then I, mm-hmm. I feel that's where the, the burnout comes. If you're like, I'm doing so much, I'm working 14 hour days, I'm putting children or our students first. And mm-hmm. if none of that is taken into consideration of what we're doing, then like what, you know, how long, like, Tony, you said, how long does a teacher say, like, do I need to keep staying in this environment and keep doing this? Or should I, mm-hmm. right. can I go elsewhere, either like a different district or a different building? Or, and a lot of people are just leaving the profession completely. Well, yeah, with good cause. And yeah. believe it or not, but but enrollment in teacher prep programs is down by over 35%. Mm-hmm. It's been going down year after year. I mean, who wants, I mean, first of all, who wants to go get their master's and then serve an unpaid internship and take on even more student debt Mm -hmm. to be put into a job that pays 
probably 40% less than what you would make in the private, in the private sector. Yep. With that amount of education, right? Right. 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 Yeah. With a, so, a future that have... looks awful, dim, worse and worse. Yeah. But you know, you don't get all the days off that you get as a teacher. And that's something that everybody wants. Um, my mother went into teaching because she knew that that way, when we, when we had summer vacation, she would have summer vacation. So she would be there so she could take care of us and everything. Right. And she didn't go to, she didn't go back to work. Once she started having kids, she didn't go to work until we were all in school. And you know, that is it as a parent, right? That's a definite mm-hmm. perk of being, but it, you know, there's that misconception that we get paid for our summers off and that is not true. And a lot yeah. of people yeah. are working over the summer to compensate for the, like you, you were saying, that they it's not poor salary yeah. because I mean, once you work for amount of time, you know, the salary is fine, but you're right. It's not comparative to other professions. What if I told you, what if I told you that what you make this year with inflation is the same amount that you would have made in 1977. Oh, that is painful. That's painful. <laughs> That's hard. I would feel much better. Is that true though for a lot of professionals right now? Or is it just <sighs> that I don't know, but I, yeah. but I would have to say that a lot of professions are making quite a bit more. Yeah. I mean, teachers, teachers do make above the poverty line, but when you consider <laughs> so, how much, I, I saw a meme that so said like teachers are the only profession thing. that you no, know of where they no. steal, where they steal materials from home to take to work. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the only profession where they take yeah. things from home and take them to work. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Right. I tell, I tell yeah. teachers that they go, I spent so much money for my students. Let's look at them and go, Why? Did you do that? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm. I just don't approve now. <laughs> but see, the other thing about neighbor. teachers is that <laughs> a, a lot of teachers are also going to school during the summer. That's true too. Yeah, or, that's true because too. they have to maintain their license. They have to have an mm-hmm. X number of clock hours going on, or become administrators. Right. Um, and some of them, yeah, and some of them want to go and get their PhD. They want to get their doctorate or they want to get another master's. I know a couple of people that have probably three or four master's degrees. And because um, they just love learning, that's mm-hmm. one thing. But what happens is when you walk into the building in the morning and you have to go to a meeting and the meeting takes you right up to the time that you're supposed to be welcoming kids into the classroom and the kids come in the classroom which means that you had to show what probably about a half hour to 45 minutes earlier than Mm -hmm. normal. You get there, you do all these things. You're there for the kids. You have everything already set up so you can segue right in and you do your teaching. And then you have a five or 10 minute break between classes where you're working with kids and other people are coming in. And if you have to go to the loo, you've got to really, really, Race. You got to put the sprint on. Yeah. Depending on where the staff bathrooms are, if you have staff bathrooms. And and they're free because right. other people are doing the same sprint. So it's almost like a Spartan race. Yeah. And then 
And then you go back in, you do your next period, and maybe then you get lunch for some. Maybe they get a recess. Um, it really depends. And if you don't have enough people, then you don't have enough coverage. So you are on. My first job in alternative ed, we showed up at 7 a.m. And we worked straight through until 4 p.m. Because kids would start coming in at 7.30. Mm -hmm. And by 8 o'clock, the kids were there. And you had, whenever the kids took a break, you took a break with them because you were also supervising them. At lunch, you took your lunch with the kids because you were supervising them. You were there. And the pay was far less than what I made in um, in the public schools. Yeah. We yeah. learned a lot, but it was exhausting. But, you know, then you get into the groove and you really do relish your time. The one yeah. thing I did, because teachers are complaining about the workload too, because what other profession do you not get paid for doing your work? Because right now with the teacher shortage, if you go to work and you start a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour before school, and I know one teacher who used to show up around 6 a.m. every morning, and he would work until 8 p.m. And it's like, dude, get a life. Seriously, what are you escaping from? Um, And he would work straight through. He knew his stuff. He was fantastic. He was a great mentor. He retired. And he was very much respected, but he loved his work. But then finally, he felt like it was untenable. Well, dude, you burned yourself out. Right. One thing I learned when I was doing what I was doing was because my mentor caught me and she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I have all this work to do. She said, it'll be there in the morning. There will always be more work to do. Take care of the work that you need to get done during the day. But at 4.15, you're gone. I said, what do you mean? She said, you don't stay past 4.15. You're out. You'll still have paperwork in the morning. Don't take anything home. And I learned to work with that rule, which that, is really tough, especially with you with special ed. Right? Yeah, it's so hard that because our, you know, our prep periods are usually when we are holding meetings with families or, you know, eval planning meetings or we're meeting, um, having, um, I mean, when you were saying that the the example of the teacher who has meetings before and then up until the bell, like that is every morning for me, every single morning I had either, you know, team meetings, committee meetings, meetings that I held for my caseload. And then on the one morning when I wouldn't, I would be like, this feels weird. Cause I haven't had this in like three straight weeks. Like I didn't quite know what to do. Um, but I remember when I got hired as well, my admin who hired me said the same thing. Don't bring work home, but it's almost impossible to not do that because, and that was one of the things that kept coming up this year was that like, there's so much work that we have to do with our students and they're having trauma and, or emotional situations, or I'm, you know, they got in trouble. So I need to go find the Dean and then the, or the kids are coming to see us. And then it just feels bad to say, it just feels awful to be like, I can't help you right now. Cause I got to do this paperwork. So I don't bring it home. Like that doesn't feel right as a teacher mm-hmm. or as a human, right? So you address the emotional needs of your students or your peers, but then you still have to get either your grades done or your reports done. And so when does that happen? You either do it tomorrow, but then there's another issue or 
stressor, right? And so it just always feels like you're under this huge, um, you just feel like you're in quicksand, right? You just cannot get out get of it. to the top. Yeah, it just feels like it's on all the time. And so that's, I think, what is burning teachers out because they it's not a job that you can be like, bink, turn off my computer and I go home and I don't have to do anything. Like a lot of jobs or careers, right? You so don't I have had to, a different situation. When it came to that, I was alternative in a smaller, a smaller building. And my schedule was a morning and an afternoon session of about two hours and 50 minutes. And it was a high school completion session. And so I would have the morning session and then I would have an hour off and I would go for a run. And at the time I was doing a lot of runs and such and so I'd use it as training time. And it would really blow off a lot of steam. And then I'd come back and I'd do the second session. And the way the sessions worked was that I could work with kids and work with the stuff I had to do and get all my paperwork kind of worked out and squared away while I was doing what I was doing with the kids. Now, I was in the room with them for 250 solid, but it was like intense work and it was with good breaks and I balanced it really well. So... It's occurred to me since I've become a guest teacher that trying to balance that that period time, you know, 50 minutes, ring bell, five minutes, that's an unnatural thing. It's unnatural for the students. It's unnatural for the teachers. And it's like screwing you up a lot. It would be a lot better if you had that time around where you did have that you can work with one kid and maybe balance this piece of paperwork out and then answer this question instead of having to go across the school to solve that problem and, and this and one kid in this period. You know what I mean? I noticed that mm -hmm. the school, the school schedules themselves really create a lot of problems with just, we try to work around it, but I think I use this analogy. It's kind of like when you're playing a video game, and there's something in the video game that's out of rhythm and it's there to mess with you. This is like the whole underlying schedule of a high school messes with you. It doesn't allow you to get a fluid, you know, you just don't get going. The bell rings, the kid leaves, the kid comes, bing, yeah. you know, it's weird. You well, have to go now. That was the stat that you, you know, one mm -hmm. of the stats that Tony used that we shared an article was the School of Education online program, something like that. And they were talking about all the different situations that were contributing to burnout. And one of them was that, um, and it happened a lot in CDL, and I think it's it's continued, is that we are just getting constant um, emails and requests and hey, all, all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you may be a mm -hmm. person that like, if you are that teacher who like, you know, four o'clock click and you don't do anything until you go back the next day, which is like awesome. And that's my goal. But then you come back, you're like, holy cow, I have like 50 emails now that are <laughs> all, all right. I got to go through <laughs> parent and here's this schedule and here's this calendar invite and here's this, yeah. you know, PowerPoint that you need to share with your team to, or your students tomorrow. And you're like, oh my God, right? Like, so you just, um, it's hard to find the balance because it's just coming at you all the time. It's just all the time. That was one of the things I could right. do. I could answer the emails as they came in, help a student do this, then go back. Oh, I got no, I can't do that meeting. I can do this. Here's a comment. Okay, click. And I could hit the emails as they came in. I didn't get them like 10, 15, 20 at once. 
because the periods, you know, oh, the bell, I'm back in my period now. Yeah. It's it's really hard. I had an administrator. I had an administrator who asked me, they said, why do you answer all your emails so quickly? And I said, because if I don't get to them as soon as I can, I'm not going to. I just don't have time. And I, the flow just isn't there for me to get them done. So I have to. And that was a time where I was teaching my program, but then I would teach that for four hours, five hours. And then I would be doing consulting work for the district for another five, six hours afterwards. And I had really no little, very little downtime. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't get, I would leave my house at about, 6 30 in the morning and i get home at about 6 30 7 o'clock at night and i was exhausted yeah that's too much but, time right and so and i had to figure out how do i take care of this and i did i figured something out um it lasted for a year i learned a lot but yeah. i think what we need to do is take a look at what the problems are which is the workload is has incrementally become greater and greater. It's like mm-hmm. being a frog in a in a pot of boiling water. They've been increasing the heat little by little by little by little by little. And the pot is getting close to boiling to where it's unsustainable. Yeah. And administrators, they're burning out as well for all kinds of reasons. And so because they're finding that a lot of what they're dealing with is untenable as well. And so, however, there is a way that they can temper what they're doing. And my question is, how many administrators are actually fighting for their teachers? And saying, this is, I'm not putting any more onto the teachers right now because... We've got to find a balance because if teachers don't have a balance in their life between what they're doing with us and what they're doing at their home, when are they teaching? And since the pandemic, how much teaching is actually going on and how much of it is uh, basically triage for mental health? Am I making (laughs) sense? Yeah. You know, I noticed another thing too, since the pandemic and coming back, a lot of what's being taught is right straight out of textbooks. It's almost like they're doing it like they did the pandemic to keep everybody on the same page, but they're doing it mm-hmm. in person and the kids are not having it. And they're saying, well, why do we have behavior problems? And I'm sort of keeping my mouth shut. I'd like to go and sit down in one of the offices and go, because the kids don't like it. They don't like school. It, they don't like it. I don't blame them. It's really, they don't see the point, And I kind of don't either. <laughs> well, just, some of it's think really of it, pat. It's, if you think about it, it's culture shock. Yeah. The kids are going through culture shock and, and nobody's actually recognizing it. And teachers themselves have culture shock. Yeah. Because we left something that was, for many, it wasn't a perfect machine when we left. But then all of a sudden, we have to regroup. We have to reinvent the wheel for a lot of people. And they have to try to 
completely change their paradigms and then they go right into it, but there's not really a whole lot of help. It's kind of, you were in an emergency situation and you had to work fast and you had to work hard and you got there. But then after, after the end of that year, what did they do? They bombarded us every week with meetings. This is during our summer break. Mm. We, they decided that we had to be bombarded with emails. They wanted us to be in meetings where they, and it, it rose the anxiety level of most teachers because they were constantly connected. Nobody had a real vacation. That makes during sense. During that time. That makes sense. There was yeah. no downtime for the teachers whatsoever. And so they went into the next year even more stressed. And there were more meetings. And it went on and on. And I was speaking with one teacher who said that they were in there and they did what they were doing. And they gave their schedule. They said, here's what I do. I clock out for about anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes during the class period, but I'm watching the kids while I clock out just so I can monitor what's going on with them. And the admin kept going in during that time when the teacher wasn't present in the room and admonished them for not participating with the students when the students were doing their work at that time. Am I making it, make, that makes that sense? Get through? It appeared that they weren't doing their job and right. what they were doing was doing their job while on their break. So they weren't being actually, it supported. wasn't a break though. They, were they, being they, admonished. they weren't taking them. <laughs> yes. They gave the kids a break from them. They uh -huh. didn't take a break. They were still watching the kids without the kids realizing. It. Yeah. And so there was this hyper vigilance from administration trying to, Catch them. Trying to make sure that the kids were still going and that the programs were still happening, mm -hmm. but then going after the teachers for not being present when the teacher said, I am present. I'm just giving the kids a break for me because what kid wants to be with their teacher for an entire 90 minutes? Yeah. yeah. There's, the thing about it is too, that there's a certain amount of professional leeway that teachers have. Um, and I noticed that there was a there was a punch clock. Yeah, there was an issue um, when I was leaving um, about five minutes early to get over to the high school real quick to do a driver's ed duty for the high school. And I was just trying to beat the, you know, when they get out and, you know, the difference between the five minutes is like critical because if you're trying to get in the parking area and all the kids are trying to get out, oh, right. <laughs> everyone is anywhere, anywhere near a high school. And, and if the, you time it wrong, you're it's like, you know, they, yeah. they talk to, they, That's you've gotten into a whirlpool of death. Yeah. It's a whirlpool <laughs> right. of death. It's, it's like a target rich environment and I'm the only target. So, um, and, uh, so uh, yeah, they told on me and the administrator came and said, well, you got to stick around till three. And I said, this is ridiculous. I have a master's degree, <laughs> 20 years experience. I'm not punching a clock. I don't, you don't punch work a at clock. Popeyes or McDonald's. Right. It's like, this is ridiculous. It's like, I don't know what, for God's sakes, my coworkers wanted, wanted me to punch a clock. I don't know where they came from, but they just started their careers a few years ago. 
it was ridiculous. No, I have a master's yeah. degree. I need to get to the We're high school paid. to do a job yeah. there. They don't the job know not being what paid they hourly, speak. So why do would you have a clock that's going to treat it that way? Yes. That just seems ridiculous. It's not right. I mean, you're not being paid every quarter hour. We're paid annually. So why would you have a right? I mean, you have my, contractual my times that care of. Technically, I couldn't leave yeah. till three mm -hmm. o'clock. Big deal. I left at two fifteen five. It's like, oh my goodness. I, my previous I school district, this. when I first started teaching, um, my uh, I was coaching track, and one of my other coach, my fellow coaches and stuff, we would during our we had the same prep, so we would run. Like, you know, not the entire time, but we would run in the neighborhood and then we would come back, right? Promoting mental health. We're getting out of the building. We're getting healthy. Yeah. We're, you know, and then we were told we couldn't because it looked bad that teachers during the day were not at school. And so we were told we couldn't do that. And I was just like, are you kidding? Really? Like, it's not like I just, I'm, it's not like I'm teaching right now. And I, you know, left my classroom alone. I'm like, this is my prep period. That's your And if this is time. helping me. Yeah, like, no, nope, can't you can't leave you campus. You can't be, yeah. Well, at the time, I'm like, okay, fine. I did. You grieved it or you went jogging? Oh, I stayed on campus when I went jogging. We started doing that too. So we just went down on the school track and walked, you know, right. ran. That's but, what I did. Um, but I'm just like, really? The whole reason you're telling us no is because it looks bad? It's not, that's the only, it's just image. It it's just a control so strange. thing. Yeah, it was so strange. Like you have teachers who are doing well in all areas and this is helping them to be regulated, right? And health, mental health and physical health and kids are seeing you exercise, but that's not good. Well, I think that comes down to another point, which is that it tells us which administrators have the self-confidence in knowing and trusting their teachers and which ones actually trust themselves to understand what's actually going on. And there is in the Tao of Leadership, the book, I can't remember which number it is. And I think I brought it up before, but it's the art of letting go. And it's yeah. having trust in others and knowing that you're going to have more control by letting go of control. Right. And things are going to come out right if you trust other people to do their job. But if you can't trust right. people to do their job, then there's something really wrong with either you or the system that you're working with. I have learned well, that, that from the rocking chair of wisdom that, yes, if you don't trust people, it's probably likely you don't trust yourself. And the other thing is, mm -hmm. what is doing your job? What what is the what category is being viewed as doing your job well? Like, is it where your kids ha is it graduate? We've talked about this in previous podcasts, right? Like, mm -hmm. is it based on like my kids' test scores or standardized test scores, or is it my you know is it this paperwork, or is it the fact that I'm on campus from eight to four, or is it that my kids are learning and coming to my class and, and seeking out a teacher, right? Like what is, you know, what's right. doing your job? What, and then that's also what is being viewed by, um, parents in the community as well as your administrators. Right. Cause right. I don't think they always align. I think, right. I, I shouldn't say, I think I know they don't always align where you have parents who are like, stop teaching that SEL stuff and all that. 
and just do the basics. And that's the viewpoint of a teacher's job. I'm like, eh, it's more than that. I'm not just teaching this or, or you know, only they get this score on um, the SBAC. Really? That's my basis of being a good teacher or not? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, that's, it's, you just feel overwhelmed and not supported and not being trusted to do your job and you don't have people know what you do. It's really hard when we've got teachers in our building and their supervisors have not stepped in their classroom one time the entire year. To and see they don't have done. a clue as to what it is that they do. Yes. Yeah. It's hard to sustain that with fidelity and passion mm -hmm. if you just feel like you're on your own on an island. Nobody knows what you do. You're asked to do more. You're not being really compensated monetarily as it should be, right? I'm getting paid in 1997. You're not being compensated by bonuses or paid, you know, hey, if you get um, incentives, like, right? And so then that's, then teachers, at, a lot of them at this point are like, I could be doing a job from home and I don't have to put, I don't have to have all this stuff. I miss the part with my students and my coworkers, but I don't mm -hmm. need all this other superfluous stuff all that's coming with it. It's just too much. And right. that's what those stats you're saying, right? A third- yeah. Unreasonable expectations. That don't seem to be addressed. In, but then we have training and then we have training on stuff that for a lot of teachers are like, this could be done in an, an email, email or a video. And I really need this stuff, but this isn't being addressed or valued. It's just. Well, there's no, there's yeah. no autonomy. Mm -hmm. Teachers have lost all autonomy. The district is hiring more administrators who don't really care to know what's actually going on either in the department or in the class or in the program. We have parents who apparently there are groups now of parents who are going through and learning to monitor teachers, social media, God. <laughs> which, which is anathema to having freedom, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, like that. And it's, so it's, you know, so you, the fishbowl has become even more fishbowly. More people are in control of your fishbowl or whatever. Or more people are gazing into it. Um, I thought you were talking about the parents. We talked about that before. There's a state that tried to do it where like parents are having to. It all goes with this. These are the same kinds of people. You know, I mean, there are parents who have just, they're losing it because they are so convinced by the media that teachers are doing all this damage to their children. And maybe, maybe somebody does. I mean, I, just a couple of weeks ago, did the podcast on whether or not teachers have freedom of speech in the classroom. And the answer is no, you don't. Your district has rules. Mm-hmm. And then your contract has rules that dictate whether what you can and cannot do. And we went through the ACLU's rules and everything about what it is that you can do. But you can discuss things as a private citizen. It's when you are acting on behalf of the district that you have to watch what you're saying. Because when you're an employee, right. then you have to watch it. When you are a private citizen, you are free to say whatever you want, whether somebody likes it or not. Um, and, that's, and that's not just exclusive to education, to no. being a teacher. I no, mean, it's That not. happens in lots of, right? Your your views and or 
whatever you post are don't they have all that these views do not represent the opinions of the business right like you see that disclaimer in a lot of news articles or things like that on television shows yep Mm -hmm. on the news shows yep and yeah television shows where the network says these do not apply or reflect the views of the network that's true so you've got the parents you've got the constant adding on to responsibilities you have bullying by your peers by admin and by students yes Uh, yep so because students get online and they start bullying their teachers there so there are just so many things that are hitting them now let's go with ideas of how to prevent burnout if you feel like you have burnout what are some things that you can do vegas no in order to or what can administrators <laughs> what did you say vegas no don't go oh. to vegas <laughs> vegas baby just go to vegas and throw it all away just bet it all yeah. bet it all on red yeah no just just one time just go surfing in el salvador and never return no. some teachers have done that actually i know i knew one guy i met a guy it, this is an interesting story as a teacher it was just a glancing blow of a meat but He'd had enough and they're moving to Scotland. He's gone. <laughs> I went, really? Okay. But yeah. He and his family, he's my age, about 60 ish. Yeah. He had blonde, wavy hair, grew up in the northern area of Portland, and had been accused of being a California transplant, just couldn't take it anymore. And he was an educator. He said, I'm <laughs> out of here. And he went to, he's going wow. to Scotland. Yeah. Interestingly enough. So that burnout story is an interesting Well, one. Scotland's beautiful. He said, I wouldn't go surfing too. in Scotland. He's not a surfer so much, but I know in some people to blow out of town and go to El Salvador and never return. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, here's here's something that I was thinking about a few years ago. The district or the high school put all the teachers on school buses. Oh, and drove us all around in circles and everything, and we ended up at a bowling alley. And they had all the teachers bowling. That's how we started our day. Every day? We bowled. No, not every day. But but at the beginning of the year. And it's kind of, that was a great community building activity Mm -hmm. where people had a great time. I mean, the conviviality, it was just really, really kind of nice. Now, why does that happen at the beginning of the year, but not in the middle of the year? Right. And not at various times of the year. I would say that it would be nice if during PD, mm-hmm. every once in a while, that would be a part of PD. That we do something together as a big group and just go off and do something. Mm-hmm. Right. You and know, we, Our district has, the, has done that every once in a while. There's, I can remember different team building and um but but you're right yes i like that idea and yeah i mean it's just something it breaks the ice it it allows people to not be so that what do i call that the laces that have been binding them for so tightly can actually become untied a little bit and it allows them to release some of that angst and that anxiety. Well, you get to be part of, I mean, because it sounds strange, but teaching can be very lonely, right? Yes. And, yes. But 
to be a teacher, you have to be fairly in need of social interaction, right? Because you're, you're, even though you're with people all day, it's lonely mm-hmm. as a lot of times those are students. Um, and so having the, what you were describing, those um, team building or, you know, just mental health time, or we had wellness committee, remember, we had that, where they tried to plan activities that people could mm-hmm. join. And it's just sometimes mm-hmm. nice to, to see other staff that I, you just don't get to see because you don't have the same prep or you're on different sides of the building. And, right. And yeah. so I think it's, it's very important, I think, to have those kind of planned events that throughout the year, because it's hard, in all, every part of the calendar is super stressful. So there's never a really good time to have right? You're either getting ready for the year, you're getting ready for finals, you're getting ready for second semester, you're overwhelmed at the holidays, now it's spring break, now we're climbing onto the end of the school year, now we're done, right? Mm-hmm. So there's never a good time. But I think it's important that teachers get to feel included and in part of their building in some capacity through those activities. That's. It would be nice if it could be handled during the workday. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of people, by the time that they finish work, the last thing they want to do is go back into a work type situation. Right. Which is why having it on those PD days, I think, are really smart. But you got to have it balanced. You don't want to have a whole day with that activity because then teacher is like, I really need to prep for tomorrow or, you know, right. it's my collaborative. Right. Well, it, it lasts but, for maybe two hours. Yeah. But I think if they know it's coming because teachers are also creatures of habit. And so we need True. to, Oh, hi puppy. Um, yeah. So I think that is a, it builds a positive environment. It builds collaborative and it just is that kind of social need that a lot of us in the profession need to have that atmosphere where it's not, Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I totally agree. And I'm a big proponent of it. And obviously, because almost every time we have one of those activities, I'm like, I'm in like, because I totally, <laughs> I need that on so many levels, right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think that is definitely one way that admin can help prevent burnout with their teachers. And I mm-hmm. think um, another thing that we've kind of keep talking about is, although we've said like, hey, don't bring any work home. But I do know that I purposely didn't do work emails after like five o'clock. Like I tried to really not answer emails all day and all night. I remember when I, um, I think it was someone in my department was like, if you continually answer emails like at six in the morning and five o'clock at night and, and on weekends, then you're giving permission that that's okay. And that's part of your job expectation. And so you'll, mm-hmm. it'll just continue to happen that way. Um, and so it's, he's like, just keep it with your business hours. And then that you can kind of protect your personal time and your work time. It doesn't always work, right? That sometimes is a, right. a, a pipe dream. Um, but, but you I still also, need to draw boundaries and yeah. you need to be, and you need to be forceful with that. Yeah. Because, Hey, I gave you, I'm paid to be there from eight to four. Right. Mm-hmm. I gave you my time. I I'm doing a little bit of work tonight, but. Now it's time for my family. Right. Or to just not do work. Right. And I even love that feature that on our, on some email systems where you can set the send time so that even I may have like, oh, I have Mm -hmm. to send this email and it's at nine o'clock at night, but you can send it like with a delayed time, send this tomorrow at 8 a.m. or right. Right. 
I love that feature because then you are, it lets my brain process when it needs to, but then I can still preserve that like work time that whoever I'm sending it to is getting it during my work hours. Right. And so mm -hmm. I think it kind of perpetuates like this is my work time and this is my non-work time. Um, right. And another one I was thinking of is we need to have more like mental health days built into our contract. And that's super hard. Um, and I know our union's fighting that and a lot of unions are, um, but like, you shouldn't feel guilty for using one of your sick days and not be, and, and use it as a mental health day, right? Well, golly, didn't the state allow students to take mental health days? And it was encouraged. Yes. And so I have always taken mental health days. People always say, feel better. Hope you're doing really well. Hey, I'm fine. I just need a day off. Right. And it's not as though when when I left this year, I still had between 18 and 20 weeks of sick leave. Mm -hmm. So take those days. Don't feel guilty. Right. They may try to make you feel guilty, but remember this. As soon as you leave, or if you were to drop dead before you had your funeral, they would have posted your job. <laughs> yeah, right. right. They would, too. Got to get covered. They would. And That'd they have it covered. Too. And, it, and it's easy to for, you know, <laughs> we experienced long timers. That's not the right word. But, you know, like we've been, we've been teaching for a long time and we all have that those hundreds mm -hmm. of hours of sick time. But if you're new and you only mm -hmm. get the five days or if you're new and you have a child, you those days are gone. Like you burn them in five seconds. And so it's and then you have to take unpaid. It's just it's awful. It just shouldn't be that way. You're talking um, me into quitting here now. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Whoop, whoop. Um, and you, I, some districts are better with it yeah. than other. You can have, um, yeah. you know, and, and some people like you get a floating holiday or you get a, one personal day. And maybe that just needs to be restructured. Like some corporate businesses, if you mm -hmm. accrue it, you can then take a sabbatical and you're not penalized for it. Right. We and used can, to have sabbaticals. Yeah. And you can come back to your job. And now if you take a sabbatical, you are sometimes guaranteed a job within the district, but it may not be what you were mm -hmm. doing. Right. And so then people yeah, are fearful. You. Yeah. Teachers get fearful of taking those days off because they're worried they're going to be involuntarily transferred or they're going to be put in a different building or at a different mm -hmm. level. And so there's this constant layer of fear in behind teaching yeah. and that should not be part of what I think the unions, teacher. the unions need to do their job. Uh, what needs to happen is people need to force their unions to do things. And at department chair meetings, in other meetings, teachers, when they say, this is what you are going to do, teachers need to say no. Right. Teachers have that right to say no. And if enough teachers start fighting back saying, we're doing everything that we can right now, we can't do anything more. Take something else off. If you're forcing us to do this, what's the one thing that you're taking away from us? Yeah, I, I you do. You need to set limits with them. Yeah. You know, there's so much trauma and emotional stress that's happening with our teachers that we should be able to utilize time off without either fear 
or guilt um and and or and losing pay right like that sh- i shouldn't have to as a new teacher not ever come i always come in sick because i got to save those five sick days or whatever because i have children and that happens right. all the time and it's and then with the covid thing this happened in so many districts where like you got sick with covid but they're like we can't prove that you got it from work so we're not paying you covid pay and you're like what <laughs> you know yeah. That yeah. should just, we want our teachers healthy, both physically and mentally, and that should not come at a mm-hmm. cost to our paychecks, you know? And so that's exactly. just, they got to be valued the same. <laughs> My mm-hmm. dog agrees. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, and, Autumn's and, been going crazy too. And I love that you've been saying about the teachers need to say no, because that's my biggest problem is that I say I'm in all the time and it's, I sometimes don't say no because I either be like people won't want to work with me they're gonna feel like I'm not a team player um they it's hard for some teachers myself included to be like no I'm not gonna do that um and so I think it's powerful that you teachers are given so much work so then this mentality of like I have to do everything takes over and so it's hard for teachers to say no Right, because they'll gaslight you and say, oh, so then you don't care about the kids. Teachers care about the kids, but teachers are there to do one job, to teach. Right. But they also act as a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent. They're also there as a shoulder to cry on. They're also there for multiple other reasons. Right. Stop making them the social workers and the mental health experts and the teachers it, yeah, it needs to unless be... you're unless you're willing to concede something else. For example, every teacher gets a massage therapy every week. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> That's a too. really good one. I like that. I'm in. I like that. Or a voucher for massage. Yeah, Done. I don't want yeah. just I don't want like another teacher massaging me. That's kind of weird, but. <laughs> that's gotta be a massage no 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 i'm going sure. to a spa i'm going to be the a real, massage yeah, a real massage you know, the, there <laughs> yeah at the you know get that into our health benefits or yeah. acupuncture right. or you know so a spa day. to add it Jeez, why are they always you taking know, things you have, away you have a drawing every week for a spa day for a teacher mm-hmm. you know in your building or something mm. there's got to be something And, um, but yeah, set boundaries, go out for a walk. If you're starting to feel pent up, grab another teacher and say, let's go walk, create a walking group. Or if you want to be alone, put on some music and just feel free that on your prep, that is your prep. Let me ask you, if they say we need you to substitute for somebody during your prep period today. Yeah. Make a deal with them. Say, I will do that when I see you doing the same thing. And you are out there and you are subbing in the building. Yeah. Don't tell me that I have to do it. And if you tell me you have other responsibilities, your first responsibility is to the students and then to the teachers, not to the people above you. That's true. Yeah. That's right. You need people need to start standing up and quit being patsies and victims to administrative bullies and gaslighters. They need to start saying something. But sometimes we're just so busy that 
I just, I don't want all of our choices to be like, here's all the different things that teachers can do to reduce burnout. Because part of it is like, we, it shouldn't be our problem to solve all the time, right? Like we need it to come from admin and district as well. But they will not, they will keep, like I said, frogs in a boiling pot and they keep (laughs) turning the heat up. And pretty soon, what are they going to do when teachers are gone? Well, that's what's happening. We're having record numbers. That stack- Almost 300,000 teachers a year leave. And not just retiring. Like you have a ton right. resigning. They're huh. leaving after one or two years. There was somebody I saw that said that they they joined the district with a group of 20 other teachers in their cohort. And at the end of the year, there were three left. Wow. Wow. In one year, 21 to three. Jeez. That's not good. In one year. And the way districts are fighting back, and I mean fighting back, is they are taking teachers to task for not fulfilling their contracts. So if you burn out in the middle of the year and you break your contract, they will come after you for breach of contract now. Wow. And that doesn't. So instead of getting down to the bottom of it all, districts are being punitive and so they're trying to they're trying to instill some kind of fear in teachers for not staying right and then you can't you don't want employees who are there out of fear that's not so that's not good. districts have got to figure this out they can't keep hiring and encouraging people to go into administration while they're not encouraging people to stay in teaching because what are they get? What are they gearing up for? Are they gearing up for a complete online, where the kids are just passive? Are oh, they gearing no. up for something where only the people who have money, the elites, can get a really good, solid education in the classroom? So the question is, what is it? So maybe we're not going to solve everything today. There's some, there's some <laughs> articles, there's some articles and reading materials and some videos down in the show notes for everybody to look at. And, um, I know that there's a lot more that we could, that we could talk about, but I think we've run out of time. Yep. So part two, da, da, da. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> but we're burned out. Okay. We're going on. We're leaving here. <laughs> I know that's it. Nice. Nice way to end it. Philip. We're burned out. Yep. Poor Phil. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say thank you to both of you. Thank you. And we will see you all next week. Please subscribe and leave us a review. And we'll see you next week when we talk about the metaverse. We'll do it. And virtual reality. How can education go into the metaverse? Is it worth it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Should we do it? So, okay. So, until then, I will say thank you, Philip. Thank you, Mahalo. For for all of your gloriosity. (laughs) And Christy, for all your gloriousness. That's the gender. Perfect. I don't know what's happening. We're just making work. I love it. So we will be back next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.